would you turn to the first chapter of the Bible? Let's start at the beginning. Now, don't worry, folks. I'm not going to preach through the whole Bible today. Uh, we'll, we'll take the year to do it. But can we start at the beginning and look at verse 28 of Genesis chapter 1? It simply reads this. God bless them. Before he did anything else, he created them in his image and then it says, and God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth, subdue it, rule, govern, fill the earth with everything that you are. Jesus on the night before he went to the cross gathered his followers for an intimate gathering. And in John chapter 15 and verse 4, he, he said this to them. Remain in me. Some of you might hear it as abide in me. And I also in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. And neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. From the very beginning of creation, God calls you to be fruitful. And Jesus, before he goes to the cross says, I want you to know your destiny is to be fruitful. A question that we often ask at this time of the year is, what are you holding on to? And we ask it in the context, and we did it even last night as Pastor Claudette so ably led us. We do it in the context of saying, let some things go that you shouldn't be holding on to. But today, I wonder if I could ask you if there are some things in your life that really you should be holding tighter to. That actually there are some things that you need to not let go. And there are some things that perhaps you've loosened your grip. You see, as we go into this new year, I think what I should do and my responsibility before the Lord is to call you to a greater clinging on to Jesus. It's to call you to a closer definition of how you hold on to Jesus and live in Him stronger. Realizing that we are under His blessing. That actually is for you. He's with you. We're under his blessing. And we need to stay closer and closer to his active blessing. You may have seen uh, during on the BBC this Christmas time, Charlie Mackesy, uh, the Christian illustrator, uh, and the animated film. The, the, it's got the longest title in the world, I think, The Boy, the Mole, the Fox, and the Horse. But it's been a, a really popular thing on, in Christmas uh, this year. But his basic message is, and I, I, I almost want to breathe it into your heart, you are loved. I want to say to everybody online, you are loved. And we sit under that grace blessing. Let me show you a little film of Charlie Mackesy himself, the illustrator of these telling a story about how a hospital chaplain finds out of how you can hold on to Jesus. Just watch the screen. I'll tell you is about a friend of mine who is a prison, not a prison, he's a, a hospital chaplain. 
and he goes around you know, chatting to people who are, who are in hospital beds. And there was one guy who was in for a long time, and he said every time he walked past the bed, the guy would be in bed, and he'd just do that, that, at the, the vicar as he went past. Every time. Wee. Wee. Oh, there he is. All the time. So he'd go in there, and he got used to it. He just got used to that. So every time, he, he usually didn't, but he just smile and expect that. And then one particular day, he walked past, and there was no that. He was just lying there. And as he was walking past, he said, Oi. And my friend looked at him and said, Yes. And he said, Can I have a word? He said, Sure. He said, All right, I, I'm not being rude and everything, but you know, um, I would just love to chat to you about what, you know, why you wear that white thing, what you believe. He said, Sure. You know, what, what, what would you like to know? He said, Well, come on then, tell me. So he told him. He told him about Jesus. He told him about grace, about forgiveness, about the love of God, about the relationship you can have with him, all the basic things. And that you can pray to him. And he said, well, how do you pray then? He said, well, it's pretty simple, actually. He said, well, how do you pray then? And he said, well, and he got off his chair and said, okay, that's your bed. There you are. There's a chair. Now, you just imagine that Jesus is sitting in this chair and he's, he's just loving you permanently. He knows you. And you can talk to him. So you can just say what you like. He said, so what would you say? And he said, I'd probably say that I'm pretty scared. Well, you can tell him that. Very fragile man. And he said, well, what else would you say? That I've effed up my life and I'm sorry. Great. That's honest. What else would you say? To know. Well, you can be in silence. Just remember he's there. Just keep talking. Keep talking. You can listen if you like, but just keep talking. Remember that you're loved. Remember that he died for you. Remember that you're free. Basic stuff. So he said, thanks. I can see why you're a vicar. Sounds good. And then he, my friend got up and left. He was there a few days later, walked past the bed, empty. Spoke to the nurses, where is he, have you moved him to another ward? No, I'm afraid. The nurse, staff nurse said, no, I'm afraid he died actually two days after you were last here. And he went, oh, okay. And um, he said, that's a shame. And she said, yeah, but you know, when you left the last time, he was all really, he was kind of bouncy in bed and kept telling us what you told him about the chair and this Jesus thing. And uh, he said, oh, that's good. And she said, he said, yeah, he was like really overwhelmingly pleased about it all. Um, and he said, good. And, and then he got a bit sort of, you know, so he started walking off. And the staff nurse said, oh, by the way, one other thing before um, you go, you, you should probably know, and it's a bit strange to tell you this, but I'm going to tell you anyway, that when we found him in the morning after he died, he was found leaning out of his bed. His hips were on the bed, and his chest was on the. He pulled the chair. Toward, his chest was on the chair, and his arms were wrapped around the back of the chair. And he died like that. And of course, my friend just started weeping, because um, he he'd realised that this guy he had understood the whole thing. He got it completely in a nutshell. The thing we struggle with all our lives. He'd understood that he was loved. The reason why he exists was because it was to love and be loved and that he could rest his whole weight and his fragility on this Jesus because you can put your burden on him and he will sustain you because he loves you. I want you to understand something this year. We have to understand as we start the year together that we are coming from a place that we are loved. Now stop it. 
Stop all the voices that say, oh, but not me, or, or I've had a hard life. Stop right now. You are loved by the God in heaven and the Spirit who is with us even now. The very first thing that God did after he created man and woman is that he blessed them. He didn't ask them to do anything. He didn't tell them to do anything until he put his blessing upon them. His blessing of grace is upon you. Jesus said, don't do anything until you remain in me. Connect with me. Abide in me. Deepen your life in me. And that's how you will be fruitful. This year, some of you will have many ambitions. There'll be things that some of you want to do. Some of you will have Christian ambitions. But until you rest on him, until you grab hold of that chair and cling it to your very last breath. You know what I learned this year? The name Yahweh, we, we have put the, we did it in our song earlier, it reminded me of it. We do it in our, in our language, we put in uh, some vowels to make it easier for us to speak. But in Hebrew, they don't have those vowels. And, the, and the Yahweh sounds like this, Yahweh, Yahweh. And it's actually breathing in and breathing out. I tell you something, when a baby takes its first breath, he speaks the name of God, Yahweh. When it cries his first breath. And when the atheist and the atheist dies and gives his last breath, his last breath is Yahweh. God loves you and he wants to bless you, and you sit actually under his blessing. I wonder today if you can begin to think, well, how am I going to activate that blessing? I'm going to give you four ideas in a moment. But when we think of blessing, we often think of happiness. Or we talk about, you know, Michael Jordan, the basketball player, was blessed because of his talent or, or something like that. But we can go a little bit deeper than that because biblically speaking, blessing means to have God's favor upon you. Biblically speaking, it means that because of your relationship with him, you have his active attention upon your life. And all relationships can become functionary at a time. You know, there are times, uh, and I want to say to uh, every married person in the house, spice up your life. Come on. <laughs> Treat that woman well. I want to say, if you've got a friend today, go the extra mile for your friend. Deepen your relationships this year. You know, be, be the sort of person that says, you know what, I'm not just going to let my relationships be in theory. And it's the same with blessing. All relationships need investment, and so does our relationship with God. So does our relationship with him. There are four aspects of blessing that I just want to quickly uh, remind you of to activate blessing in your life. First and foremost, the very first thing is that blessing and favor comes from grace. There's nothing you can do about it. God just loves you. He just cares about you. You can shake your fist in his face and he's still going to smile back at you and say, I still love you. 
It's something that he initiates out of his grace. We'll say this scripture at the end of our service today, but the oldest blessing, one of the oldest blessings in Israel is found in Numbers chapter 6. Do you remember it? It says, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord be gracious to you. The Lord turn his face towards you and give you peace. You know, have you forgotten? It's by grace you were saved, not, not from yourselves, not of works, lest that anyone would boast It's by grace that we are saved. We are blessed because God wants to bless us. And blessing means favor. It means God's active attention on your life saying, I am going to create an atmosphere and an investment in your life so that I can direct you so you can produce the fruit that I want you to produce. It's not by your ingenuity or your initiative, although God loves that. It's firstly from his grace. The second idea, this blessing and favor is deepened as we're devoted in him. Paul's most troublesome church was the Corinthians. I have a friend, actually. He's retired now. He was the canon missioner in Birmingham Cathedral. And sometimes he'd say to me, Oh, Mark, I don't think we've ever left the Corinthian church. But Paul wrote to the Corinthians and said, I write these things to you that you may live in the right way with undivided devotion. Now, I know that in my house, Kathy will say to me, can you just put that phone down and listen? Can you stop social mediaing and WhatsApping and doing? But you see, blessing is deepened in our lives when our hearts are not divided. The blessing of the church is, is more of a blessing to you when you're not divided about it. When we're all together, we're in unity, we're pulling in the same direction. It'll always be a struggle if you're not quite with it. The blessing of our lives is that when we personally posture our hearts towards Jesus and say, I'm all in. Come on, when you say it with me, just under your breath, say, I'm all in, Lord. I'm all in. You see, the, the people who are struggle the most in Christianity are the ones who are dithering at the edge. We've got to be all in. Blessing comes and is deepened in our lives when we have a devotion that says, my heart is towards this. Thirdly, the idea of blessing and favor continues as we are good stewards of it. We're to do the right things and protect it and deepen it. When God gives you something precious, you're to be a good steward of it, aren't you? You know, God is always helping you, and it's never just by your own effort. You know, uh, it's great to have the grandchildren to come to your house. Uh, some of you have got children, but, you know, grandchildren are a different category of children. They really are. You know, and it's great. You tidy up before they come. And, 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 you know, you do the hoovering, and it, it's all that. I mean, you can imagine me and Kathy. We, our house is, especially with Kathy, it's, it's hermetically sealed. It's so, like, you know, ordered. And the grandkids come five minutes. <laughs> There's toys everywhere. And if you're parents and you've got grandparents, the, parent, the grandparents are loving this, by the way. It's not a negative thing. There are toys everywhere. There's toast where you've just hoovered up. There's half a crumpet. And so you walk in and, and you just think, what, you know, what is this? And, and you smile and you tidy up as, as, the, as you go along. Because, but what you don't do 
is you don't get rid of the kids because there's a mess. You get rid of the mess because you love the kids. That's exactly what God wants to do with you this year. He wants to get rid of the mess. He loves his kids. Come on, somebody say amen. amen. You know, you, some of you are thinking, oh, you know what, God, God wants to get rid of me because there's a mess. No, he wants to get rid of the mess. He loves the kids. You see, we have to steward what God has given us. And God all the while may have to be tidying up around us, and we may have to be tidying up some things. But you've got to steward that blessing so that you don't waste it. Let me read you what Paul said to the Ephesians. I'm going to read it word for word. He said, as a prisoner of the Lord, it's in chapter 4 of Ephesians, as a prisoner of the Lord, I then urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. Don't, don't let anything disturb that. Be the sort of person that says, I am stewarding this house. I'm pastoring everybody else. You know, just before the Israelites went into the promised land, they were standing uh, almost looking over to it. And just before the entry there, it was a significant moment. That in Deuteronomy chapter 28, this whole chapter of blessings and curses, you know, where God says you're going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. But just as he introduces that, he says, if you fully obey the Lord and carefully follow his commandments I give you today, the Lord your God will set you high above the nations and these blessings will come upon you and accompanying you if you obey the Lord our God. Look, we are blessed. Why don't you steward that blessing and say, God, I'm going to live for you in a way that honors you. But then that blessing will get deeper and stronger, and it's going to direct you and progress you, and fruit's going to come because you're living under blessing. Now, when you're not living... In the, in the right way. That blessing doesn't go away. It's just as it can't be released as strong. Last idea today. You see, blessing is from grace. He, he, some of you need to understand this year. God just wants to bless you. He, he, may, he may direct you into a hard place. Jesus was still blessed in the wilderness because he was in the right place. For God, he might direct you in a hard place to grow you a little bit, but he's still his blessing is still on you. Blessing comes and favor comes as you are heart postured and all in, and even though it might be difficult that you direct your heart, heart blessing and favor comes as you, as you steward that blessing and you do the right things, but blessing and favor continues as you follow the ongoing call to discipleship. And that you do what you've been asked to do. There's somebody, uh, Jesus was teaching. It's in Luke chapter 11. He's teaching one day, you know. And uh, somebody in the crowd shouts out uh, and says, Ah, oh, blessed is the woman who bore you. You know, and, and uh, we are kind of thinking, that, you know, the Pope has just died. And you'll hear lots of things about Mary. And, and she was a blessed woman. And we just respect her and honor her so much as an example to us. And you'll hear all of that over on the news and everything. 
But I want you to say, I want you to hear what Jesus answered. He, he deflected it away from Mary and said, actually, the person who's blessed is the one who does the word of God and obeys it. If you want to get into the blessing, and it's risky me talking about blessing because we don't want to be castigated as one of those churches that's only into the, the material and shallow blessings. The blessing of God is the active favor of God on your life to direct you and position you and to move you. It's his attention on your life to lead you. That's really the blessing of God. But if you'll do what he says, then that blessing will be deepened. When God blessed his original creation, he then says to them, go and be fruitful. Fill the earth. Govern it. Change it. Do your heart, everything that's in your heart to do. Go and do it because you're living from my blessing. You're producing the fruit that I want you to produce it in. Uh, February, I'm going to talk to you strongly about what fruit is. Stay with us this year. We've got some great messages and teachings and important things for your lives because it's your lives what we're living for. We're living for God to serve you. And so we've got some important things to say, so stay with us. If you're watching online, tune in. But God said this. He said, bless you, be fruitful, and then go fill the earth. And we must be committed to working out our blessings and our fruit into the mission of God. God has got a mission and purpose for you in 2023. Just lift your hand with me and just, just receive that. Say, God, I receive that you have a mission and purpose for me this year. And it might be new, it might be fresh, something that you've not heard before. You know, I talk to my pastor friends and, and uh, I've often said to them, it's too early to share vision in January. Uh, are you, is it too early for me to share any vision with you? Are you asleep and you just think, oh God, we just want to get through this week because I've got to go back to work? And it's okay that we think like that, but is it too early? Well, at least let me encourage you with this, that you have the blessing and favor of God over your lives so that you can be fruitful. So that you can then fill the earth with all that God is. Fill your world with all that God is from the fruit that he's producing in your life. I want to say to you, some people have said to me, Pastor Mark, what's your vision for KT? My vision for KT is that you understand that you are favored in God. That we have to steward that favor, that blessing of God. That you, the vision for KT is that you produce fruit for God and in God and through God. And that then we do mission for God and fill the earth with all that he is. You know, let me take you back to the Old Testament. Jacob is on the edge of meeting his brother and is on the edge of his life. He's on the edge of becoming all that he's supposed to be. And he's on the one side of the river. Come on up with me, Andrew. He's on one side of the river and... Uh, his destiny is in the balance. 
And in a strange episode, he meets a man who will later become God. Come on, Andrew. And he begins to wrestle with this man. He begins to kind of have this real hard man. And actually the man's stronger than him. And he's just pushing him back. And he's saying to the man, you know, if you really want a blessing, look, I'm going away. Come on, if you want a blessing, you've got to hold on to me. Because if you want your blessing, you have got to hold on to it. Because if you want your blessing, is there anybody in this house that wants their blessing? Because if you want your blessing, you've got to hold on to it. Somebody stand to your feet if you want your blessing. Do you want your blessing, Andrew? Do you want your blessing? You see, I'm not being shallow. If you live in the fruit of God, if you will live under the blessing of God, if you will live under the stewardship of God, that blessing will produce fruit, which will produce mission, which will produce purpose. We can change the world. You can change your world. But you see, I think some of you, I think sometimes me, I'll have a wrestle and I'll give up and say, okay, God. Do you know what I'm saying? Come on. You know, you'll hold on and then it'll get a bit tough and then you'll go, oh no, it's too hard. Hold on. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something about Jacob. Jacob sent his family over the river. He sent his possessions over the river. And the Bible actually says, and Jacob was alone. Your wife is not going to carry you to everything that you need in God. She's going to help you. She's going to bless you. Your husband is going to be key to your life and they'll be a strategic partner. Your friends will do that. But there comes a time when you have to say for you all the stuff that I've got, the people I've got, no, God, I want my blessing for me. So before God does anything in our lives, He says, I bless you in the name of Jesus. How much do you want it? Come on, lift your hand with me. You see, sometimes we have to give some things away, strip ourselves of some things so that where God wants us to be, we can really be. And maybe that's a good end to our first service of the year. God, you and your will alone You need to cling to Jesus for salvation today. If you're in this house and you're not really committed to Christ, come on, everybody close your eyes. Right now, you know 
that if you die tonight, whether you're going to heaven, why don't you give your heart to Jesus on this first year, first day of the year, and say, I'm coming home to Jesus. Is there anybody who wants to do that? Let me see your hand. I'm not going to count to three. I'm not going to wait. Just you say, yeah, I am giving my life to Jesus. I'll see you up in the balcony, sir. God bless you. One of our stewards will come to you and bring you a pack. Just keep your hand raised just with me. Is there anybody else you want to give your heart to Jesus? You want to come back to Jesus? There's somebody up there. Those of you who raise your hand, I'm going to pray a prayer right now. I want you to pray it with me. And then I want you to make yourself known to one of our stewards, one of our welcome team, and they will assist you and bless you. Heavenly Father, on this first day of the year and right now, I come to you and I cling to you. Forgive me. And I accept you into my life. If you're with your wife, by the way, I just think husbands and wives should sit together as more as possible. Sit with your friends, sit with your husband and wife. I just believe God speaks to us together. Just hold your husband or your wife's hand right now. If you're single amongst us and you've got some close friends, then maybe you could just reach out to them. Turn to somebody and say this to them. Hold on to God this year. Come on, everybody. Hold on to God this year. Hold on to God for the blessing that He has for you this year. And live in the favor that you're supposed to live in.